Hi, Mike Gibson, live here from ESC 2010, and I'm joined by Stuart Kelly. Welcome, Stuart. Hi. Thanks. Well, uh, you presented, just presented the Avros study. Tell us a little bit about the background. I mean, how does this represent in advance over where we've been so far? I mean, this is one of the first big results for a factor 10A inhibitor in the setting of AFib. Well, the Averroes trial is for a unique population of high-risk AFib patients, those who uh, cannot take warfarin. They've either tried warfarin and it's had some problems, or they uh, have been assessed by their physician who's decided they're just not good candidates for warfarin. So it's for this segment of the population. This represents about 40 to 50% of patients uh, in developed countries such as the U.S. So it's a really large group of patients with a major unmet medical need. Their risk of stroke on aspirin is really quite high. Right. So what were the two comparators here? Well, the study was designed to see if apixaban was superior to aspirin in this patient population. So it was a very simple study design. It was a double-blind, randomized trial against the active comparator aspirin using the dose of apixaban that's being developed for atrial fibrillation, 5 milligrams twice daily. And what was the dose of aspirin? Physicians could choose anywhere from 1 to 4 81 milligram tablets once a day for their aspirin mm -hmm. patients, and most physicians chose either one or two tablets. And how about uh, clopidogrel use? There was no clopidogrel None. use at baseline. If they felt there was a need for clopidogrel once the study began, they could stay on clopidogrel. And what was your primary endpoint? Stroke and systemic embolism, as in all the other trials, and, and the major safety uh, outcome was major hemorrhage. And how long did you follow these people? Well, the uh, study was stopped prematurely by the mm -hmm. Data Monitoring Commission uh, Committee, uh, who um, did a formal first formal interim analysis of efficacy uh, at about 50% of events, and uh, observed a very marked uh, benefit in favor of apixaban. When they looked again three months later, according to our protocol, they saw it again, and they notified us, and the study was then uh, stopped. Patients uh, in the study are being offered uh, open-label apixaban in a long-term uh, open-label follow-up uh, mm -hmm. amendment to the protocol. So um, what was the relative risk reduction and absolute risk reduction? The uh, relative risk reduction was 55% uh, for stroke and systemic embolism, representing almost a 2% reduction in stroke per year. And when you look at stroke versus systemic embolism, how did that break out for the individual components? Well, there's very few systemic emboli in the study. Uh, okay. I think we had 15 or something total. They, they actually segregated quite dramatically uh, with uh, 13 on uh, aspirin and 2 on apixaban. Um, so it was mostly stroke reduction we're talking about And the here. median follow-up at this uh, point? About a year. About a year. And how many patients again? 5,600. 5,600. Wow. So yeah, a very sizable study. Yeah, substantial number. So next steps. Where do we go from here? I want to point out one thing, yeah. which is the safety profile. Yes. Right. Yes. So uh, at the, you know, the concern, of course, is that you get a big stroke reduction, but you have bleeding, and right. especially when compared to aspirin, which has a pretty favorable sure. bleeding profile. We saw no significant increase in major hemorrhage with apixaban compared to aspirin. There's a slight numerical increase, but it's very small. Which scale did you use? Uh, we uh, used a definition major. of major bleeding that's pretty liberal. It includes a two gram drop in hemoglobin over a 24 hour period as a major bleed. Uh, yeah. so, uh, it's kind of like an ISTH. Yes, based on ISTH, yes. modified yeah. ISTH. So pretty liberal, yeah, and, and no excess there and no excess risk of ICH. Uh, the intracerebral hemorrhages were eight and eight in the two treatment arms. Yep. Um, int uh, other intracranial, total intracranial was uh, 13 and 12 with one more on aspirin. Wow. So, next steps. Next steps? Yep. 
Well, the next step is to, uh, we're presenting this uh, before final database lock because we've uh, terminated the study early and we're asking patients to go on open label therapy or suggesting it to them. So we felt we needed to get the results out in a more complete form than a press release. Right. Uh, however, the database uh, still needs to be um, locked and that won't occur probably for another couple of months, following which we'll publish a paper. And uh, do you have any subgroups of importance that you're going to be looking at? Or? Yes, uh, we're not presenting subgroup analysis. Uh, we've not presented it here. Um, however, um, uh, I can tell you that there are no big subgroup effects uh, seen. So pretty even in the forest plot. And any follow-on studies? Not right now. We're following all the patients in, a, in this open label, not all, but many of the patients who've uh, decided to go on uh, in the open label follow-up and will be continuing to collect safety data on this population. Um, we're, uh, we have an extensive biomarker analysis going on, genetic analysis uh, in, the, in the group, so we'll be following the patients for more events, uh, and we'll also be uh, pursuing uh, further analysis of the biomarkers. Congratulations. Thank you Important very much. Important step for this new class of agents, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And thank you for joining us today here from ESC 2010.